0: I don't blame guys mm. for having you know, their guard up. And when one of the things I talk about a lot, and this has become a passion of mine, especially with the research that we're seeing of adverse childhood experiences, emotional you know, childhood neglect, and how it affects our parenting and our lives, is that whenever you get an emotion from your child, from a friend, from what, whoever, view it as a gift, Whether it's a positive emotion or a negative emotion, you just received a gift.
1: Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right. Well, what up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. So if you are watching, if you've been tuning in, paying attention, particularly if you've been watching online, but I mean, I guess if you've been listening to this second season of the podcast, I don't know, at this point, we're probably 30 episodes in or something like that, but you're looking right now and you're like, what in the heck is Ryan doing? Because Ryan's been talking nearly exclusively to men uh, over uh, the course of this season. And right now you're looking at a wonderful woman. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, uh, you would be if you were watching. So you just have to know that. And you're thinking to yourself like, why, why would this happen? Well, it just so happens that I was introduced to Christine bright uh, by way of another friend that felt like it would just be a great conversation for us to have uh, Christine is a certified parenting coach and so we're going to dig into that a little bit more Uh, and as we got talking uh, there were a couple of things that came up and I thought oh man that would be so great to talk about on the podcast so that's why she's here Uh, but for the moment uh, I just want to say welcome Christine thanks for being here super excited to chat
0: yeah absolutely I appreciate the invite
1: um, and I should say that you are a certified parenting and family coach, not just parenting, family as well. Um, okay. So. Um, I, I want to kind of dig into this uh, because I thought it was very interesting, and then I guess we're just going to see how this goes, like we uh, always do on the podcast. So when we were talking, uh, you were talking a lot about uh, your work with parents and really helping them uh, to raise their children. Obviously, you know, as people get into uh, difficult situations, challenges, that's a lot of times why they hire a coach. Uh, but one of the things, particularly that we were talking about, was the fact that you know, there's. No manual for this. There's no, uh, there's no real guidebook on what it's like to raise children. And anybody that's raised children knows that. Uh, but even inside of that, uh, there was this one area that really stood out to me. And it was around single parenting, and particularly fathers, or, or, or men that were single parents raising children. And so that's what I'm hoping to kind of dig into because I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that are doing that. Uh, I have one of my best friends. uh, He's been a single dad uh, raising a beautiful little girl. She's three years old and, um, and, and it's tough. And I I don't want to um, put down or discount single moms at all. I mean, I was raised by a single mom. It's an amazing, uh, a gift that my mom gave to me, but I feel like single dads are kind of, uh, a step down from that. They're, they're paid attention to even less. So maybe we can start there, Christine, a little bit with what's your experience been like there uh, working particularly with dads uh, in this whole process?
0: Absolutely. I, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit and I believe and know it is much harder um, for single dads than it is for moms. Um, part of that is just the difference between men and women, women are just more apt to, you know, find those clusters, you know, find, you know, support, uh, you know, just tend to do that more easily than, than men. Hmm. Also, I feel that men, unfortunately are minimized quite a bit nowadays and, I, it just, it really grieves my soul. I don't like how they're portrayed on TV. It's like, oh, thank God mom is here because, you know, dad can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does translate, you know, into to society. And we, I'm, I'm working with the um, Madison University here about getting the idea of it's always kind of call your mom or ask your mom mm-hmm. or what did your mom say? and bringing it more back to mom and dad or dad and mom and you know not leaving that out that you know so i think this that societal piece um is not helpful and you know also is that vulnerability piece mm. is a little bit more challenging um and i'm generalizing yeah but overall it's a little more challenging Uh, for men. And 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 I've asked them, I said, you know, what's, what's the most difficult part of this? You know, they, they go through my course and they're like, boy, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) I said, I will take that compliment to the bank. But again, I was like, you know, what, what was the most difficult part about it? And they said, it's being vulnerable, Mm. you know, letting your guard down and being okay with, i I can't do it all. I you know there's there's some things I really don't you know get, and mm-hmm. that's okay, and I can find help with that. So that you know that's that's the big piece because you know becoming vulnerable enough to ask for help, to accept the help, mm-hmm. and then you know to, to change,
1: okay. so, <clears throat> I want to put a partial pin into vulnerability because I want to come back. I I think that, and I know we talked about this a little bit, but so much of what I'm coaching men around and and how I'm engaging men, it's the fear of being vulnerable to open up and admit struggle, Mm -hmm. weakness. But before we get there, because I think that part of this is going to play back into it, because you're the woman Uh, You opened up the good can of worms. So we're going to go with it for a minute. And it's around. uh, I mean, I say it all the time. It's just nice to have a woman validate it, but uh, it, it, there is such a, um, a minimization of there is a demonization uh, in in many regards of manhood men. And Mm -hmm. so in your work, um, in your own experience, where do you think a lot of that has come from?
0: You know, I think it's such, oh my gosh, you know, it's such a mess of us becoming more aware of women being downplayed, right? And that passion of let's get equal pay for women, you know, feminism. I always say I'm like the worst feminist ever. (laughs) You know, I agree with that, but not at the expense of minimizing somebody else. And it, we know that in any society, when a personhood is minimized, the results are never good. Never good. we're we're kind of seeing it play out with Russia and Ukraine. And I know that's like a dramatic, but I think we all get it, right? I mean, it's because yep. Ukraine is minimized that Russia feels they can do what they're doing. It never plays out well when somebody's minimized. That is the piece that I don't care for, is that we feel like we've had to minim- minimize men, we have had to demonize men to lift us up and that, that this never works. Yeah,
1: and yeah, yeah. oh
0: go ahead you know there's both I, I i just unfortunately i feel that these horrible stories of, of men mistreating women mm-hmm. get publicized so much let me tell you i work intimately with families and whoo it's both sides man mm-hmm. you know i have really seen some women just like i'm going how is a mom you know, can you treat your children like that? You know, use them as a pawn, and it's unfortunate the way things get publicized. That that also shifts our thinking, and that is is really unfortunate.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I I I, I really appreciate you saying that. You know, I, I I I'm raising two young daughters, and it's so interesting to me because. Um, I feel like that by and large, it's far easier to raise girls right now because we are living in a society while we still have a lot of work to do and a lot of room to go. It's interesting. We are recording this on International Women's Day. It, w- it won't go live <laughs> for a while. But, um i feel like there has been such an amazing work done uh, to empower women to elevate women there is a significant recognition of the need to continue to do that uh, there there is an eye on in good ways on the deficiencies in investing into women in many areas but all of that awareness has created a significant opportunity for women to grow and for women to, uh, to, to be a equal part of society today. Whereas raising young boys today, they are in many ways, the enemy, you know, it's like, it, it, they're, they're being looked at as like, you're part of the problem. And, and I'm thinking to myself, if I, especially if I was a parent, you know, okay, maybe, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And in the different generations, different things happened, but there was a a significant mistreatment uh, by men and toxic masculinity. And I mean, the the original rise of feminism was out of the result of a need to elevate women at a time when men were mistreating and and pushing women down. So like, I, I see why we went in the direction that we did, but it's like the the men of this generation from young boy all the way up to even like dads and stuff like that, like we're paying the price for things that we didn't participate in and yet Uh we're trying to do our best. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so hard. And then I think that kind of relates to the vulnerability piece because as men are trying to find their place in society, they're trying to find their identity They're, they're, They become hesitant to really put themselves out there to stand up as a strong man and not just physically strong, but mentally strong and emotionally strong. And so there's just a lot of fear that now goes into men stepping into the arena and, and and living out their calling and living out their role.
0: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm like, you just hit the topic that I really love digging into. So I'm like on the edge of my chair, uh, you know, to share on this. And, you know, as I said, you know, as a woman, I, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, I'll probably <laughs> get some love back for this. I I know as a woman, and I'll own it as myself, um, Brene Brown does an excellent job of also bringing this to the surface, that as a woman, I do want to see Men as strong. I always wanted to see my spouse as strong and, you know, the one I could count on. And, you know, when things were falling apart, you know. And I have to admit, there were times when I saw my spouse crumble. And I'm going to use the word a little bit of disdain I felt. Mm -hmm. And that's on me. That is. On me, and I will say that that I've owned it and 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 I'm gonna say boldly it's out there. talk to enough women too, that we aren't necessarily very good at handling those type of emotions when they come from a man mm. and until we as women can really embrace that and appreciate that, I don't blame guys. Mm. for having, you know, their guard up. And, And one of the things I talk about a lot, and this has become a passion of mine, especially with the research that we're seeing of adverse childhood experiences, emotional, you know, childhood neglect and how it affects our parenting and our lives is that whenever you get an emotion from your child, from a friend, from what, whoever, view it as a gift whether it's a positive emotion or a negative emotion, you just received a gift. How are you gonna treat it? Mm. And until and we learn to do that with everybody and especially with the guys in our life and make it a safe place. We can't, you know, we we it's not fair for us to mm. get angry about it or disappointed or to say, you know, my, you know, my, my male person in my life doesn't show any emotion or whatever. I am telling you it's because they haven't had a safe place to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, counseling, you know, so many couples over the years, um, as a pastor and even now post serving in that role. And still so many people come to me, you know, this is often the place that people struggle so much, right? It's, it's, they don't know how, and it goes in both directions, you know, because the man doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. He keeps them in. And in many ways, he's been told to do that or not taught how to express them. On the other side, a woman is traditionally told that you get to wear them outside of yourself. That's who you are, which it's great. Right. But when one is so extremely one way and one is extremely the other way, and no one knows how to deal with the the opposite way things are done, there it's hard to meet in the middle and figure out how to nurture those things and work yeah. them together.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the, the one um, tool that I have been using so much more, and excuse me, I've been really looking at like a broad range with the adults. And then, you know, kid coaching has become more in my purview. It was like, okay, so how can I use this? It's called an emotional color wheel. Um, I have my favorite one. There's some out there. It's really easy to Google. And it has been so powerful. And I typically work for boys, with boys. I, I don't know what it is. It's definitely a God thing. I had a boy. My foster son was a boy. Every family that I've worked with, I don't really, you know, I know they have kids, but typically they always have boys. It's just, it's (laughs) been crazy. It's been, I'm just like, I'm getting it. God, I get it. Um, (laughs) But I've been using this um, emotional color wheel. And, you know, you start with a pretty basic emotion in the middle that everybody can easily pick. And then you start working and the the emotions get more complex as you go to the outside of the wheel. Mm -hmm. It is so powerful. Um, I I gave this to Sean Purnell. Um, he him and I did a, a seminar together on parenting and it just like like blew his mind. And I this helps. For, it, it's, it's, it's a two-way thing, it's so powerful. Because for one, when you're working with somebody, you make assumptions, right? About how you think that they're that they're feeling. And this is a lot of, you know, especially in couples that disconnect happens, I'm assuming what you're feeling is and then I'm trying to fix the assumption. And that just does not work well. So using this, so simple, anybody can use it. You just walk out and you're like, okay, which one of these words are hitting what you're feeling? Which one of these words? And I got to the outside and this kid I was working with and it, you know, I'm assuming that he's frustrated with his writing. Like this is the core issue that we're dealing with. You're frustrated. This little boy, it was embarrassment. That's what's holding him back. He knows he's slower than everybody else and he's embarrassed. So I'm trying to fix something. That's not the issue, mm-hmm. you know? And if we can start exploring our emotions getting more accurate words on what we're actually feeling mm. and then as us as individuals when somebody gives you an emotion look at it as a gift mm-hmm. because then you don't feel the need to fix it right away yep you know or have to do something
1: so so i have to imagine then um uh, on the parenting side of things, and, and I've experienced this myself, but I, w- I want to hear kind of your experience through it. So oh, you, you have the opportunity to work with these children, it's typically young boys. The parents are coming to you because they have a need, right? Some need as it relates relates to better parenting their children. And so you're working with the parents, you're working with the children. So how, how often do you see miscommunication between the adults as being a, a big or primary challenge in why these kids are struggling the way that they are? A (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. I wasn't expecting that, but (laughs) that's good. That's good.
0: It is a hundred percent a communication issue. Hmm. I mean, and that's really, you know, what, what it's all about is what I, if if you really break it down, I'm teaching communication to build deeper relationship. Hmm. And then when you have deeper relationship, then you can influence your kids and what people or what parents want to do. And I, you know, I'll own it. I did it until I started learning all this stuff. You know, I'd like to say that you know, boom, I had a kid, and I was the perfect parent. not so much. I mean, my story is it's hard for me to tell of how, what took me to make that turn of like this isn't good um but parents want to take and go, I want to influence my kid, and they're focused on that. And we assume that influencing our kids and training our kids and all that equals, well, punishing them when mm. they're not doing what we want. And we don't necessarily, we, we make an assumption. <laughs> we, we all know that happens with assumptions. We're assuming we have a relationship with our kids because they're our kids. Mm. Okay. We do. But is it a good one? Is it a healthy one? Those are questions we don't ask. We're just assuming I have this relationship and now I can influence them. Yeah, that's and right. that is not the case. There are some pieces that we have to do first. And then, and I look at it this way, then you have the privilege
2: to mm. influence
1: them. Mm, that's so okay, good.
0: There we go. i get on my soapbox. <laughs>
1: No, that, that, that's so good. That, that's so good. Okay.
0: You know, with dads too, um, you know, there's so, there's so much, you know, of, well, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be emotionally, you know, I don't want to say intelligent, but like, I'm supposed to be handle these emotions, but yet I feel like, you know, I have to be the hammer and, I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. the one that makes things happen. And, and how does that all work? And to be able, you know, just to help them realize your dad' voice isn't yelling. Mm. your dad voice needs to be influential,
2: and mm. how can
0: you do that? You know, I had to learn, I grew up in a household of yelling. I mean, my dad was abusive, that's just how we did things, and that was part of my turning point when I saw my son learning that from me. Um, mm. Now, like people like. Couldn't even imagine that I would ever yell. I mean, I do have a firm voice and I teach parents how to have your firm and calm voice. Mm. But when you're yelling, and this is always a mind blower, when you're yelling, you are not in control. Your kid is.
1: Mm. Ooh, that was good.
0: Yeah, because you're not in control. And a dad voice doesn't have to be yelling. A dad voice can be very influential. And that's, that's what I, you know, love teaching them and helping them understand. And, you know, just seeing those light bulbs go off and same with mom, you know, I, I there's moms in this too. And it's like, you don't, I think with moms that, you know, the yelling, the the dads feel like, this is what dads do. We mm-hmm. yell, you know, we're the fist. And with moms, they, they're kind of in this other category of like, I feel the only time they'll listen to me is if I yell
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, go you know, I can't yell. Yeah, how, how long do you think I would be hired by a family if I was yelling at their kids, yep. so it's like, you can do this, you know, yep. because I have to do this. Yeah. And do how to do it?
1: Okay. So I, I have an interesting question to ask you. I think it's interesting, um, but th- th- this, this can be a landmine. And so you get to, you get to choose how, how you step on it. Um, so I shared earlier that I was raised by a single mom. Um, I saw my dad every other weekend, uh, and he, he did the best he could for the most part, trying to influence and raise. But he, my dad was very strict. He was a yeller. My mom was super soft, um, just you know, almost like doormat at times. She was a very strong woman, but when it came to like parenting, she just she tried, but she would just lay down. Just the c- compassion and and, and empathy kind of took over. Anyway, so later on in life. I uh, recognized what the deficiency in having a strong male voice leader influencer in my home did. If it was to the strength and aggression of my dad, that, I think that would have done damage in a different direction if my dad was there full time. So deficiency. On the other side of things, I know and I have seen that the absence of a mom so single dad raising a child, there's a huge deficiency, uh, in, you know, in, in how that child is raised. Cause they're missing the nurture of the mom. Like there, there are these as much as society wants to reject this, right? There are these natural characteristics and tendencies that God's created us with. And, and, uh, and we express. So how do you, if you agree with that statement, how do you help to educate single parents, um, to, to try and make up for those in light of the fact that they kind of can't.
0: <laughs> they can't. I agree 100% with what you're saying. They can't. And I recommend for every couple that's thinking now there are good, healthy co-parenting couples mm-hmm.
2: out there.
0: This is more for if you're, you know, you're really going doing it alone, or you know, the other spouse is in and out. And I do want to clarify, I have seen my clients are about 50-50 on this. Okay. Where so. it's the dad and the mom is exiting or in and out or wacky, and then where's the mom and it's the dad, you know, mm. exiting out and wacky. Um, so what I recommend is for a mom to tap in to boys and girls club big brothers big sisters Uh. find that you know good strong you know mentor of the opposite sex i also recommend as sometimes hard as it is when you're a single person to see a happy married couple (laughs) make friends with some. So your kids can see that, especially if this is something, you know, that you desire and you don't want your kids to make the same, you know, mistakes that, you know, that you did. That's one thing that I was thankful for when I went through, you know, divorcing my son's dad is that we were in a very steeped um, Christian church and he had a lot of friends that had parents with healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. relationships. Same thing for a dad tap in to boys and girls club, tap in to big brothers and big sisters, you know, find that good. And I also, I always recommend outside of your family, don't let grandma fill that role or, you know, your sister or whatever, find somebody outside of that. And same thing, make some friends, you know, with some couples to, you know, so your kids, you know, can see, see that dynamic because If, if you really desire to want that your children to have healthy marriages, they need to see it. Yeah. Own it. Like right now you can't show that, you know, somebody else can.
1: Okay. So, so that's, there was something really interesting you said in there. So when you said, you know, try not to have that be family, because I think again, like that's who immediately steps in. And obviously you need all the help you can get, especially if you've been on the raw end of the deal. Uh, and you know, you're hurt and you were left maybe without, or, um, you know, you're working full time and you're trying to take care of your child and parents there, or, you know, like your parents there, so grandparents there or whatever. So why, why do you feel like there is, some? Maybe not dangerous that why do you feel like there's benefit to going outside of the family to have influence into the children?
0: um for one, I don't believe it's fair to grandma and grandpa to take on all that weight. Mm. They did their job <laughs> <laughs> they raised you they want to be Grandma and grandpa. are they going to step in typically they will, but i I just truly really believe that's not fair. Mm. Let them be grandma and grandpa. The other part is is the kids, I, you know, as they get older, especially in their teen years, I really recommend that you find your kid a mentor outside of the family as well. Somebody that you trust, that they can talk to, you know, this, the, you know, my parents are awful and crappy and they're you know, they're ruining my life, you know, type of a thing. And to be able where they can have that safe place to vent. You know, and then just have somebody go, Yep, I get it. You know, but then, you know, you can, you obviously are gonna trust like a mentor from one of those places or whatever to come back around and say, You know, but is it really good? You know, like you have this for that. Um, so, for one, I just don't think it's fair to put all that weight onto your family. And it's also very beneficial for a kid to know they have like this uber safe place just to vent and puke all their stuff out. I mean, we all have friends like that. Yeah. You know, to yeah. get
1: those yeah. emotions out. Okay. So, um, kind of practically, I guess. So as uh, you know, what are, what are some of the challenges that you see parents facing? Uh, I, I think every parent can use support. And so, you know, definitely a community of people around you, um, and church is such a great place for that to happen or can be about uh, uh, what are kind of like the signs or the moments when y- you start to say, you know, maybe you should engage with a parenting coach or a, you know, someone, uh, a coach for your children uh, in, in, when you're starting to, or, you know, when, when you're starting to have those challenges?
0: Um. So <laughs> of course mine is going to be everybody needs a parenting coach. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's like life coaching, counseling, or whatever, as you are going, your parents weren't perfect, they did the best they could with what they know, how, so much we have learned, like what we thought was good for kids, back Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I mean, it would be appalling. You know, now, I mean, this spanking, right? I grew up as a spanking kid and now we see the adverse, you know, effects that that had. I mean, I, you know, I came out okay, but, (laughs) you know, it's where we're finding that if you take this learning mentality and help your kids learn through experience, they are so much healthier, so much more resilient, Mm. you know, as, as they grow up. And so mine, you know, typically parents are coming to me because they feel a disconnect you know, with their kids, or, you know, they've reached the end of their rope, and they're just like, I can't figure Mm. this out. I would say that if you are at any moment in your parenting, cocking your head and going, I don't think this is working, Mm. reach out, you know, find a book on it, reach out to a parenting coach. I mean, most of us as coaches have programs but we also do that individual. I not everybody really needs to go through my whole program. They really just need to have a couple of sessions and we, you know, we tweak a couple, you know, couple things out. Um, but you know, it's just, it's helpful that in with coaching, what's great about it is we kind of dig in and we help you discover those aha's. And a lot of times it's something the parent is doing that's triggering, you know, the kid and then it just it makes it all messy. So I mean, and that's why I do personally. Uh, I'll throw this out there: never trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. <laughs> so and good. you know, and I have a coach. And you know, there's times when when I'm getting stuck with the business, and, and as soon as I'm feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it's like, yep, let's get an appointment on the books. Yeah, you know, so that's,
1: that's my- so good. That's so good. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I. I I, I think that it's it's super helpful and it can definitely hear. I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, uh, our own experience. And obviously at the end here, we're talking about the fact that, you know, we, our parents weren't perfect. We weren't raised perfectly. In the beginning, we were talking about, you know, we are kind of tainted by what society is telling us both in how to live our own lives, how to parent our kids or not parent our kids. So there's a lot of noise out there, bad information, uh, not the best information. And so what are some very simple, practical things that you recommend to parents as they are like, there's a mom or there's a dad listening right now. That's like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. I just, I don't know what to do. Maybe my my spouse and I aren't communicating well. Uh, and so what what are some kind of simple things that you suggest that people do? Uh, maybe even before, I know the ideal thing. I mean, I would say the same thing, like hire a coach. Uh, yeah. But before they get there, what are some simple things that you feel like people can do?
0: So I'll give you, you know, I got, you know, kind of three biggies that can really start repairing you know, and build deeper relationship. Um, The first one is this language that it took me about two years to really develop. And it's super powerful. And it's taking the, when you, because typically when we come at our kids and we're frustrated, we have the word you in there and we have the word why in there. And immediately our kids are on defense. (laughs) Anybody's on defense, right? When you use the word why. So I was like, is there a way we can get to the truth or get understanding without putting somebody on defense? So mm. the language is help me understand what is or was going on with dot, dot, dot. Mm. And I am just, I have, so this has been two years in development, and I've, you know, probably so three years that I've been using this language. I have yet to be lied to. And I've used it on my adult friends. I've used it on a two-year-old. Did I understand what came out of that kiddo's mouth? But like it was amazing. She was just having a super meltdown. And I just said, honey, help me understand what's up. And she just, like, rattled all this out. And I said, are you feeling better? I play.
1: <laughs> and
0: I'm like, okay, cool. It's You can't not... Be like want to share when somebody's made it that safe for
2: you.
0: Mm-hmm. you know you and, and then and then you as a parent, <laughs> that's a gift. So be careful because sometimes it may be that they're mad at you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Really be careful when you know when you get that. But that language is so powerful. And when you take that time to listen and understand what they're feeling, talk about becoming an attractive parent. I mean you're gonna build deep relationship. Hmm. The other thing along with that, we are so busy with our kids. We keep them so busy that I recommend on a weekly basis a minimum of 20 minutes. If you can do it more, great, where you have what's called a relationship anchor. And I've actually started taking my own advice and doing these anchors with my friends because I'm so busy. Where it is this a safe place. That they can count on it say it's saturday mornings from 8 to 8 20 i'm going to be at the kitchen table we'll do breakfast you can always count on me being there
2: mm.
0: and just make it a safe place for them to talk this is not an opportunity to bring your agenda it's not an opportunity to fix things mm. but man talk about being able to repair and deepen relationship and learn things mm. they under you're like Oh, that's why you're such a pain in the butt. Like <laughs> this happened at. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know that that happened. That understanding, you know, that you will will gain is just, you know, un this unbelievable. <laughs> and thirdly, always look for the best in your kids. <laughs> always approach them as the person they could be, not the behavior that you're seeing. <laughs> Like, hey, I know you're a really helpful kid. Help me understand what's going on with not cleaning your room. Mm. And going at them and yelling, and you know you're lazy, and here we go again, and you're not doing anything. Speak over them, who you ultimately know they are, and mm. who they can be. Everybody flourishes when that happens.
1: That's so good.
0: There's
1: my top three <laughs> no I mean I, I I think it's great I mean i I think that I think there's so much power in in every single one of those situations I, I i definitely I love them um I think that the reason that the second one stood out to me so much is that you know society used to be so much slower and there's there's a lot of blessing and in innovation growth speed but There was a point in society when the dinner table was the staple every night, right? Every single night of the week, family sat down, sat around the dinner table. And I know that, you know, movies, it's portrayed as the dad had the newspaper up in front of his face. And, you know, mom was just serving the whole time. But really, that was the time that everybody sat down together and had conversation. What's going on in your day? How are you feeling? What are you doing? We fast forward to today, and particularly as it relates to kids. And when you have kids in any kind of activities, activities have become a five, six, seven day a week commitment in which there is no more static, consistent time to sit down. And so I love the fact that I mean, my my gut reaction is don't be so invested into those things because you're losing it. Uh, you know, you're losing that relationship. But I think yours is better because. it's hard to just pull back from what society is pulling you into as it relates to all these time commitments and investments, but to be able to say, look at, um, for whatever reason, you know, we can't do this on a consistent basis, but once a week, twice a week, this is going to be our round table. And I think that's such a simple practice. I know for our family, even now I have a 20 year old and a 12 year old, uh, and at least uh, at least 4 typically 5 and sometimes 6 nights a week we have dinner together um, all at the same time phones are down and we try our best to have phones down sometimes somebody has to get told to put it down um but and it's usually not the kids um but um uh but it you know it's just it's become such a staple and it's so beneficial because then we're always in tune with what's going on, even if somebody was pissed off from the night before or earlier in the day, they have to come to the dinner, dinner table and face everybody else. And so yeah. that just flushes it out. So I love that. I love that you said that. I think it's all super wise, but I just love that one as a simple practice to, to, to push back against the busyness of today.
0: Yeah, Um, I can, I can adjust the test to, I, you know, it's like, I, I go into these families and stuff like that. Sometimes I don't always know you know, how, what's, what's happening, you know, once I go, I mean, I always stay in contact, but um, you know, a couple of things of how I can say how powerful this is. So with my son, um, I do recommend more, like a little bit more refined and in, individual, but back, you know, when we were raising my son, we had poker night on Sunday night. So we played poker ever since he was little, had, you know, pizza goldfish, and then we would watch Extreme Home Makeover. And that has been so, like, he's 28 now. He's turning 28 tomorrow. And he, guess what he wants to do for his birthday, like, every year? Go out to dinner.
2: Yeah.
0: Just to go out to dinner and talk. Like, that yeah. just, you know, built this, this instill in him to have that time and to go out to dinner. So, it. I'm telling you, it's worth the effort because it builds something in there that they crave. And do you know how cool it is when you call? your 28 year old son who's single, you know, in the military and, you know, fans going on and everything else and goes, mom, I just want to go to dinner with you.
2: Uh.
0: <laughs> you know, it's awesome. And you know, there's so much that can be learned And you know, this could be a whole nother episode. You can go to my website and in the blogs, I wrote an article, an article, an article about, you know, forging leaders one uh. meal at a time. I mean, so much can be learned, you know, around that, around a dinner table. So let's bring back dinner.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's making me hungry right now. It's almost dinner time for me. Well, Christine, I mean, I, I, I'm super thankful for the fact that, you know, we had the chance to connect, to have a conversation like this, you know, to, to, Scratch the surface on, you know, single parenting and the challenges that they're facing, I think, you know, discussing just parenting in general and, and how more often than not, it's a communication breakdown between the parents It has really has nothing to do with the kids, even when the kids are having problems, but then even kind of just landing with just these final I want to say simple, yet I know such, so difficult at times, practical ways in which we can become better parents to stay more engaged, to raise our kids in the way that we really desire to. So thank you so much. I mean, it's been a great conversation. Just love it. If
0: I could, I do have a free gift um, for your listeners. So if they go to ParentingGameWins, W-I-N-S dot com, um, they'll have a pop-up. And once they put in their email, they will get a free um, parenting playbook. Awesome. So it has some more strategies in there and they, it's a nice PDF. that will just pop up right away and they can download it and it will have some, some more strategies in there.
1: Awesome. And we'll make sure to, to put that in the show notes too, so they can just click that link and go. Well, thank you again. I just, I so appreciate it. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, you want to connect more with Christine, you have a question, a thought, a concern. If you're ready to hire somebody because you are in dire need uh, and you feel like she said the right things, please make sure to connect with her. Like I said, all of her contact information will be in the show notes to be able to do that. If you have any questions for me, thoughts, feedback, whatever it may be, you always know where to find me. Until next time, be you, be happy, be authentic. Thanks guys, chat soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.